whoever wins the World Cup, you're just going to have an amazing time. Not all teams can get the victory. What sort of a position women's football holds inside the halls of power of FIFA? I wish I could go to Australia because I know it's going to be fantastic. The ticket. Reflections. Hello, welcome to Ticket to the Cup Daily Podcast. I'm Tracy Holmes. Shortly, we'll be joined by our guest today, Shireen Ahmed, a senior contributor to CBC Sports. But before that, there's a couple of crucial games on today, as no doubt you're aware. Canada will play Australia in Melbourne. At the same time, Ireland will take on Nigeria in Brisbane. And depending on what happens in the Australia-Canada game, that Nigeria-Ireland game could become crucial in whether Australia advances or not. I guess, really, if Australia wins, it's okay. We're all clear. If we don't win against Canada, if we draw with Canada, then Nigeria-Ireland become all important. Uh, Also, one of the other games today, Costa Rica is playing uh, Zambia in Waikato. That's the third match taking place today. And there were some incredible games last night, just uh, or yesterday as well, um, giving an indication of the depth of women's sport, women's football particularly, and where it's heading right around the world, uh, with some shock results. Colombia beating Germany. That's number 25 in the world, beating number two. And the team that many expect will walk away with the World Cup here during this uh, FIFA tournament. But Colombia 2-1 over Germany, ecstatic scenes, 40,000 people in Sydney. Uh, We'll hear from Chloe Hart in just a moment. Um, We'll we'll try and hear from Chloe Hart. I think the fans really quite swamped her. Uh, And also one of the other games, Morocco beating South Korea 1-0. So Morocco ranks 72nd in the world, one of the newcomers here at this tournament. South Korea ranks 17, one of the really strong nations actually from the Asia area. And uh, they've been very disappointing here at this World Cup tournament. That was played in Adelaide in front of 12,000 people. And something else we should note about that match, we saw Nuhaila Benzina become the first woman in football history to play a Women's World Cup in a hijab. And some people might think that's not important. It probably shouldn't be important given the number of people in the world that wear a hijab. But it is important because you have countries like France hosting the Olympic Games next year where there is a football tournament and where women are banned from wearing the hijab. And in fact, it went to one of the highest courts most recently uh, because somebody had appealed, a group of women had appealed that law saying we would like to be able to play football uh, and wear our hijab because of our religious beliefs. And um, that was knocked back in uh, the highest court. So Nuhaila Benzina really setting, uh, making some history there. We're also going to hear from the press conferences from Australia and Canada. But right now, let's join our special guest. Well, Shireen, welcome to our Daily Wrap. We've seen some amazing games, haven't we? Let's just review what happened yesterday before talking about the big one today. But Morocco, uh, just outstanding. We've seen Jamaica as well, um, a number of different teams coming to the fore. But we do have to mention the first woman in a FIFA World Cup to be wearing a hijab. We shouldn't have to point that out. 
but we still do, and what a moment that was. It was wonderful. I mean, the first match, uh, Nuhela Benzana didn't play, but she played the second one. She was actually booked with the yellow. I was very proud of that as well. <laughs> but, I mean, I think these are the small things, and one thing I've been reminding people is to take the joy where you can. These are countries, It's many of them, it's their first appearance at the Women's World Cup, and to get a win is unbelievable. We've seen Jamaica do it. This is her second World Cup, however, but to get that first win, for the Philippines, for example, Morocco winning is a huge deal. And what we often find is that sometimes federations need that encouragement to remain consistent in supporting their women's teams and their women's side. So I hope that that doesn't always remain, but this is encouraging at, at the very least. And for Benzina to be out there and for millions of girls to see her when in some places like France they still can't play. Mm. So it really gives you the sense of hope and excitement. And we should recognise that, you know, there's a football tournament in the Paris Olympic Games in a year's time. So something has to happen uh, to enable this to continue because it should not be anything that is out of the ordinary because it's not out of the ordinary for millions of people. Uh, Let's talk about something that was mentioned in the Canadian press conference yesterday, and that is the depth in the women's game now and where we're seeing that go. The fear beforehand that this World Cup was being expanded from 24 to 32 teams, and that fear has not been borne out because the depth has been amazing. I mean, Canada and Australia are both in the group of death, and from the get-go we knew that would be exciting, even after the new format was announced. And people love it. Everyone's here for this. You've got sold-out matches. You've got the highest broadcast ratings for many countries in history. People are here for this, and this is a learning moment for those watching. And for those who want to invest, invest in the women's game. This is huge, and I think it's really important. As far as the naysayers, they were going to say nay no matter what happened. And now we're seeing a format that is some, for some people easier to follow because you've got 16 teams that advance. It's pretty easy. You know, some of the matches in the group stages, like, like Australia and Canada, are going to be unbelievably thrilling, which, you know, doesn't always happen until the next round. So I'm here all year for it. All right, let's talk about Australia-Canada. It's an interesting prospect for Australia, at mm. least. I don't think many people in Australia expected Australia to be in this position. Can Canada capitalise on that? Well, I think uh, Coach Bev Priestman said in the presser um, that you know, pressure is what you make of it, but there is something very unique about playing at home and being do or die. And that is not a spot that anyone wants to be in because that amount of force and those many eyes on you, there is pressure. I've said from the get-go um, that this particular match will be about mental strength. It'll be about, men we know what Australia can do on the pitch. We know their midfield is solid. We know their attacking line is dreaded, but, and meaning that they're an incredible offensive power. But what this will take is to shut everything else out and play the game. And Bev Priestman already said it. Coach Bev said that they're just going to bring, we're going to bring us, which means Canada's ready for this moment and they're going to bring what they are, their formidable opponents they've met before uh, to Canada's advantage. But hopefully, all eyes are on the Matilda, hoping that they will do their best. I mean, and the winner will walk away with three points. So it's a big match. And the Matildas, of course, are also hoping to bring themselves and one Sam Kerr, the injured captain, and we don't know how many minutes you'll be, if any. She says she's available, though. We'll just wait and see on that. Uh, but also the roar of the crowd, uh, which will be both buoying them 
and pressuring them and how the bench responds and Tony Gustafson, the coach, responds. I think that's a really important point. Canada has played both matches so far as if it was a home game advantage for the other team. I was here in Melbourne Rectangular Stadium and the it was the roaring of the Nigerian fans was incredible. Then to play in Perth and again in the pouring rain, it, it was almost as if, you know, Captain Katie McCabe said as if we were playing at home in Dublin. That's how many there were. So Canada is not, this is not a concept that's foreign to Canada is to play in a, a, you know, a home crowd for the opposing team. And they'll take that experience and they'll go forward with it. All right, good to hear from Shireen. Let's head straight to the Australian press conference now, done by Tony Gustafson and Emily Van Egmond, one of the scorers in the Nigeria game. I definitely think it's fair to say it's a failure if you don't go out of the group, you know. Um, I mean, everyone here understands that, of course, we want to go out of the group in, in a home World Cup, uh, for sure. Uh, and I'm the first to, to admit that uh, I'll take ownership for that. But that's not where we're our mindset right now. Our mindset is just about playing the game in front of us. Like Evie said, the only thing we focus on right now is what we can control, and that's our performance against Canada tomorrow. That's all we focus on right now. And then take one moment at a time out there. Yeah, it's a massive game for us. Um, we all know exactly what's at stake, but at the end of the day, we, we as players, we, we don't want to put too much pressure on ourselves at the end of the day, it's just another game of football. Um, and I think the uniqueness and the characters of this team, um, that's exactly how they'll be thinking about it. Um, so come tomorrow when, when the game starts, um, you'll, you'll, see a lot of, you'll see a lot of passion, you'll see a lot of heart, you, you'll see the want to win tomorrow uh, within this Matildas team. I want to be clear here that we've been clear from first day that we knew she was going to miss the first two games and then be reassessed going into this game and that was going to go down to the wire, which is a new expression for me that I learned yesterday. Um, and uh, we're going to have a meeting tonight with the medical team and Sam and discuss um, what the possibilities for her to play tomorrow and then we're going to do some tests tomorrow to see what it looks like. What would it mean to the team if Sam did make an appearance on the field and I know that you know you have a particularly close relationship with her that goes back a, a fair way but on top of that what's it like to have to turn up to a media conference the night before when you've got other things that I'm sure you'd rather be thinking about and concentrating on than answering our questions? <laughs> Um, well, you said it. <laughs> no. Um, look, on Sam, obviously, first and foremost, she's our captain. She's our leader. Um, for her to, to be here, um, be part of this team, um, there's a huge amount of respect um, amongst the players and the staff. Um, so that's the first and foremost. Secondly, she's a good friend of mine. Um, you know, we... We go, we go back a long time, but um, again, she's, you know, the, the most professional athlete. Um, her success hasn't just come overnight. You know, this isn't her first rodeo. She's been around. So she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's been great around the team. She's been positive. Um, and she's played that role particularly well. And yeah, like Tony said, um, at the end of the day, it's, it's about the 23 players out there. It's going to take every single person for us um, tomorrow night. And, yeah, the girls are full of positivity. We're confident. Um, one thing this team is definitely not shy of is shying away from moments um, like tomorrow. So we're excited for the game. We're finally here in Melbourne and we can't wait. 
Just before the Australian press conference, Canada had held one of its own. Let's hear a little bit from Beverly Priestman, who is the coach of Canada, and one of their midfielders, the veteran player Sophie Schmidt, who almost went home from this tournament because of the ongoing pay dispute uh, with Football Canada and uh, what is going on there. But she was convinced to stay, and uh, I think she's pretty happy with that decision and the work of others in convincing her to do so. No, honestly, the, the ride's been incredible. Um, being in a World Cup is something special and I think I would have greatly regretted my decision if I would have walked away in that moment. Um, but yeah, I'm just embracing every second I can, trying to bring my best self to this team and push the standards. Um, I know my role and I think that we we have a, a long World Cup run ahead of us. Um, tomorrow is you know a massive big step for us, uh, but we're up for the challenge and Day by day, I, I'm embracing every second. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, the team have to be prepared to play a world-class player like Sam Kerr, and we'll be ready for that. But ultimately, like I said, we've got to get us right. And, and you know, if I'm the Australian coach, I'll be doing the same, you know, focusing on getting the players in front of me ready. Um, so ultimately, does it affect me? No, I have, how much have I spoke about if she is or if she isn't? We haven't. We've spoke about what it's going to take to beat Australia because Australia aren't just Sam Kerr. And I think, you know, when you do have a world-class player, it definitely, you know, boosts your squad. But at the end of the day, we, we've got to play an 11 group of players that are going to do anything to try and get a result. And that'll be our focus. We know it's going to be a fight tomorrow. They're fighting for their life. Um, but we're prepared as best we can be for what they have to offer. Um, we know what we need to do to get the result. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a, a fun and exciting game and, and we're ready it's a World Cup match and there's never an easy game and you're going into a stadium full of probably Australian fans, but ultimately um, pressure is what you make. And I think, again, we had some great learnings, I think, in game two where I felt the occasion or the hostility got to us in that opening game. It was the perfect set up to come into this game and manage the moment. Do I think the game tomorrow is purely one on, you know, X's and O's? Possibly not. It's actually who can cope with the occasion and, and bring out the experience in, in the group. And I think we've got, got that in abundance. Tracy Holmes, ABC um, News. I was just wondering if I can get a, um, a view from both of you, please. Uh, you spoke a little bit earlier about uh, some of the games we've already seen here at this tournament. And I just wonder if you see some of the results and some of the surprises um, as evidence that the women's game has stepped up to a whole new level and a whole new depth and how that looks for the future and what it means for teams that are used to dominating and used to winning and perhaps are coming up against a whole lot of stronger opposition they may not have known anything about. Yeah, I think, you know, I, I did say this coming in. I, it's not a given, I think, this World Cup. It's, it's a very, I think, top 10 teams, particularly when they play each other, but really you look at the the whole tournament it's not been as easy as just the top 10 teams and I think that makes it exciting for fans everybody when it was a 32 team tournament I think was a little bit worried about what that would mean but tactically teams have been very well organized and very hard to break down and um, but I think it's it's brought a great it's exciting there's there's groups where you just can't pick who now is going to get out by the third game and I think for the women's game that speaks volumes to the investment um, that, that the game's had. The ticket. The ticket.
All right, as we promised, we'd like to bring you some of the colour and movement, some of the voices, the fans, the players, the coaches, whatever we can find for you uh, from those sensational games yesterday. Morocco beating South Korea in Adelaide and Colombia beating Germany 2-1 in Sydney. Let's start with that match. surprise to you? Absolutely no, we know we want to go on this time, as always. Such a good energy. Always it was an absolute surprise. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. It was better than any Premier League game back in England. They play honest. amazing, they play amazing. They were, and that Linda Caicedo goal, just the whole oh my God, roof lifted, oh my God. didn't it? What was yeah. it like we were to shocked. be in there? Oh my God, we were shocked. Like, yeah. oh, fuck it. Was so so good. Fuck, was so good. Such a good goal. <laughs> How was the game? Incredible result. Oh, fantastic. It's the best, the best Colombia. I love you, America de Cali. I love you. Thank you, guys. Colombia, 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 Colombia. Yeah, 40,000 fans there, really phenomenal. And some of these games, just to feel the atmosphere and the love and support of this world game is really spectacular. And particularly the support of their women's teams in some of these countries, not always enjoying such great success. And that may be one of the reasons why South Korea has not performed as well as it has in the past, and maybe as well as many had expected. Uh, They just don't seem to have the support at home, uh, whereas other nations are growing in their support of the women's game. All right, let's head there now and uh, catch up with some of the voices from Morocco, South Korea, played in Adelaide. Uh, very happy because it was uh, very hard after the 6-0 against Germany. But um, we stayed uh, together with, uh, with our values and um, tonight we fight very hard to, to win these uh, three points. We work very hard together since... Uh, six years maybe seven years and today it's the the first win for us in the world cup and it's a, a very big um, thing for us so how are you girls feeling the first world cup goal the first world cup win for morocco it's actually obviously um it's very um proud feeling you know things i'm not really biased like when you're like when you're partially moroccan and like it's just self-explanatory <laughs> yeah how was it watching the girls up there on the world stage it was just amazing, incredible. They actually did everything right. No matter what happened, they still pulled through. It's really good. And how proud are you and your family feeling to be able to witness history? Extremely proud. You wouldn't even imagine seeing it in words. I feel very proud of the Moroccan team. Being a Muslim country, there, there aren't many opportunities. They did very well today. For you girls, you're obviously quite young. Yeah. Does it give you kind of uh, hope or ideas or opportunities out there to do stuff like this? Yeah, the extreme opportunities. Like, how is it? We can't. We can do anything. There's no like, um, like oppression to what we were gonna do. You know, we can just be free to do what we want to do. Like, just like, be free with it. You know. So yeah. Yeah, it's like it's proving that women can do everything that men can do, and I think that's a very good thing. Definitely disappointed, but. <laughs> is what it is I guess there's nothing we can do about it now so I think everyone we just have to pick our heads up for the last game against Germany what do you think was the main difference between the two sides I think we had most of the possession we couldn't just finish or get the ball like create actual chances and I think they finished the one chance they had which is a big difference
Good to have your company again on Ticket to the Cup. We'll have more tomorrow and uh, let's hope it's good news. I'm Tracy Holmes. See you next time.